ask yourself the question, how can I, as opposed to I can't, which is an immediate dead end. The brain shuts down. When you say I can't, that's it, game over. But when you say how can I, it's game on because you go, hmm, I could do this, I could do that. And you start brainstorming all these different possibilities and you get super creative. And when the desire to create whatever that is, is deep enough and it's strong enough, you will find a way, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. Welcome to the Diamond Life Mentor. I'm your host, Balaj DeBicardos, and I've got something to share with you. And it just might be the key to unlocking more freedom in your life. I'll show you the way. What's keeping you so loyal to a life that's keeping you so stuck? Welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Life Mentor. I'm your host, Balaj W. Cardos, and I'm super, super excited for this episode because we're going to be diving into a few concepts that are going to shift the way you see your life, the way that you see your income and how you generate it, and ultimately the lifestyle of your dreams and how we can reverse engineer that from today moving forward. I have a story that I want to share with you that's one of my favorite stories. I'm going to ask you some powerful questions to make you pause, reflect, and think, and come up with some new answers that are most likely going to be more empowering than the ones that you've currently been utilizing in your life. I'm going to share with you something that completely changed the trajectory of my life when I first discovered it, and it's my version of the cash flow quadrant. And then I have a secondary piece that is the income matrix. This is going to completely blow your mind and make you understand why I specifically chose the path that I'm on, the business model that I'm on, and why I feel it is better than pretty much every other type of business model out there to create the life of your dreams, to build your own diamond life. And finally, we're going to finish this episode discussing the top regrets of people on their deathbeds because we can learn so much from people at the end of their lives that if we apply that wisdom to our lives now, we don't have to have those same regrets in the future. So with that being said, let's dive right in into this first story that I feel will really make you pause and look at how exactly are you going about your day-to-day life and your goals and where you want to end up ultimately at one point in the future. So this story is called The Fisherman and the Businessman. There was once a businessman who was sitting by the beach in a small Brazilian village. As he sat, he saw a Brazilian fisherman rowing a small boat towards the shore, having caught quite a few big fish. The businessman was impressed and asked the fisherman, how long does it take you to catch so many fish? The fisherman replied, oh, just a short while. Then why don't you stay longer at sea and catch even more? The businessman was astonished. This is enough to feed my whole family, the fisherman said. The businessman then asked, so what do you do for the rest of the day? The fisherman replied, well, I usually wake up early in the morning. I go out to sea, catch a few fish, then go back and play with my kids. In the afternoon, I take a nap with my wife and... Evening comes, I join my buddies in the village for a drink. We play guitar, we sing, and dance throughout the night. 
the businessman offered a suggestion to the fisherman. I'm a PhD in business management. I could help you to become a more successful person. From now on, you should spend more time at sea and try to catch as many fish as possible. When you have saved enough money, you could buy a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Soon you will be able to afford to buy more boats, set up your own company, your own production plant for canned food and distribution network. By then, you will have moved out of this village to Sao Paulo, where you can set up your headquarters to manage your other branches. The fisherman continues, and after that, the businessman laughs. <laughs> after that, you can live like a king in your own house, and when the time is right, you can go public and float your shares in the stock exchange, and you will be rich. The fisherman asks, and after that? The businessman says, after that, you can finally retire. You can move to a house by the fishing village, wake up early in the morning, catch a few fish, then return home to play with your kids, have a nice afternoon nap with your wife, and when evening comes, you can join your buddies for a drink, play the guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The fisherman was puzzled. Isn't that what I am doing now? Wow. Every time I read that story, every time I think about the powerful message from the fisherman to the businessman, it makes me reflect on my own life. And I hope it makes you reflect on your life as well. Because ultimately, we feel in society, generally speaking, that there is this rhythm, there's this cadence that we have to go about life in this very specific traditional way. Now, of course, not everybody follows that, but so many people still do. And an example of this, you know, there's many examples, but one example of this is just the way that we're brought up. It's the way that we're raised. It's the amount of years we're expected to go to formal schooling, uh, you know, from like kindergarten up to grade 12 and then possibly college or university. And then we get a job and a career and settle down and have kids and, you know, buy a home and do all the things and then try to work our way up the corporate ladder to some promotion or some higher ranking to ultimately increase our income, which we then should try to save and invest for retirement. And then one day when we're 55, 60, 65, we're supposed to enjoy life off of all the hard work, all the money, all the savings, and hopefully the little nest egg that you were able to put away uh, and ultimately people have to downsize their house to something smaller and then invest the money from their house and then live off of that. And often people don't even have enough of a so-called nest egg or retirement fund to last them to be old age of 80, 90, 100 years old, depending on, you know, their health and whatnot. So my question with this really is what do you truly need? to live life exactly how you want to, how you desire to. Because the example here with the fisherman is that he was already living his dream life, but he was skipping over so many of the steps. He just went straight to the outcome he wanted. He went straight to the end result he wanted. And so when we look at our lives and you look at your own life listening to this right now, I want you to think about it and See if you bought in to this path that is supposed to go from here and then here and then here and then there and then there. And after all of those steps, 
you're planning to end up somewhere where you will be happy. You will have freedom. You'll have the ability to do what you want with your time, with the people you love, and not be worried or stressed about your finances, and possibly travel or follow your passions or spend time, you know, uh, pursuing a sport or a hobby or the arts or whatever it might be. And ultimately, people put this stuff off for the future. And I saw this quote when I first started my business over 10 years ago, that the greatest risk of all is putting off something you truly desire with the hope that you will have time to do it later. And I feel like a lot of people, when they consider traveling, when they consider their bucket list opportunities or adventures, they keep putting it off like not right now, later, not right now in the future. And I understand where people are coming from when they have that mentality because yes, at certain stages of your life, certain seasons of your life, it isn't necessarily possible to do everything at all times. But I'm a really huge believer in that we don't have tomorrow promised. And even with some of the advice from people that are wealthy, talking about how to become wealthy and to live below your means and not like a little bit below your means, but like, you know, drive like a beater car, uh, live in a tiny little house where everybody's crammed in and don't go on holidays and don't go on fun trips because it's a waste of money and you should be saving it and investing in all these things. I understand the concept of why they teach that. And I believe it to a certain degree also. But at the same time, I disagree with it because what if that time in the future never comes? What if your opportunity to retire or get that nice vehicle that you've always wanted and deserve to drive around and enjoy or the trip with your children when they're a young age, they're only young for a few years. And then after that, those types of holidays with the family are completely different. Yes, they're still good and they're still fun. And there's all kinds of really awesome things that you could be doing. But also, it's just not the same thing. I was actually having a conversation with my wife recently where we were discussing some family holidays and trips of where we wanted to go. And one of the things that came up was, is my daughter Valentina too young to experience something, let's say, like a Disneyland, right? She's a little bit over two. She's almost two and a half. And I understood where my wife was coming from when she said that. But at the same time, what my response was is, it depends. It depends if we're planning to do something once and that's all forever, the rest of our lives, or if it's something that we can do multiple times at different ages. Because yes, I feel like there might be an optimal age for certain activities, certain experiences for children, but at the same time, it would be a very different experience for us to go when she's two and then five and then seven and then 10, and then 12, as an example, right? To something like a Disneyland or whatever. She'll have a completely different perspective. She'll enjoy different aspects of what's there, what's available, and so on. And so for us as parents, we would have like five unique, special experiences with our daughter and our kids and our family that are all slightly different. And, you know, we visit certain places multiple times, and every time we go, we have new experiences. We try something new. We have more memories and it's more fun even though it's technically the same location so what so my answer to her was the same that I want to give you is it depends on what you ultimately want but 
why I'm bringing this up is because sometimes we we get caught up and we buy into this life path, uh, this career choice that is all to get us someplace down the road. It's like paying our dues, working hard, putting in the time, working our way up some kind of corporate ladder, hopefully to get promoted to some higher position, which comes with more responsibilities and more income. But if we could just stop right now and ask ourselves, where did this choice come from? Where did it come from from you? Why is it that your career at the moment when you're listening to this is what it actually is? Was this influenced from your parents? Was this influenced by someone else in your life growing up? Was it influenced by your teachers, counselors, your other role models or mentors, maybe your grandparents? Like who actually instilled this within yourself? That's the first question. Now, if the answer is that it was your idea, it was your choice, it was your passion, that's excellent because I would say that half the population at least couldn't say that. They would definitely say that they were under the influence of someone else who told them they were great at something or they should go be an XYZ doctor, lawyer, dentist, whatever, because they would be great at it and they would make good money and it would come with benefits and it would come from social esteem and the parents could brag and say, my daughter's a lawyer or my son is a executive in some company or whatever the case is. So there's all these like hidden agendas that parents sometimes unknowingly pass on to their children because they want to live vicariously through their kids and often expect their kids to overcome things that they didn't have the balls or the bravery to overcome themselves. And so often it's they're preaching something that they are personally not even doing, right? They expect their children to rise to the occasion, to be the best version of of themselves and so on when they haven't even demonstrated that themselves as a role model, which I think is out of integrity and not how I'm personally parenting and choosing to be myself. I'm choosing to lead by example and do my very best to demonstrate to my family, to my wife, to my kids, to my daughter that daddy actually walks the talk that he is also preaching to her as her foundation of what she believes to be true about herself, other people in the world. And let's say, for example, you did choose the path you wanted to go on and you have always been somebody who was great at math. You've always been somebody who loves people or you want to serve people or help people. And that's amazing. The thing that I have noticed the most is that when we choose our careers, when we choose our what we end up doing to make a living, because the truth is that it's connected for like 99% of the world of the population, is that the money piece does come with the career piece. Very few people have it disconnected where They just do something with their day, with their time, call it, you know, full-time, maybe part-time, and they can actually just do that without caring or needing to be paid for it or to use that money from their business or their, their job or whatnot to pay for their expenses and their lifestyle. Very few people on the planet have those two things disconnected. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, which leads me to the next part is... 
before I get into some practical information that will help you with distinguishing whether or not you're actually on a path that you want to be on, that's best for you. I want to ask you this question is what if you were able to reimagine your entire life and start with the end in mind first is where do you want this to go? Where do you want this to lead? How do you want to live your everyday life? You know, there's a powerful question that I teach inside of my business to people just getting started on day one, right before they choose to basically make an investment into themselves and start their own high ticket, high profit online business. We ask them a question of what is your perfect day? And I'm not talking about your perfect day if you had like 24 hours left to live and you were seriously sick or something like that and you just went out with this bang, right? Because sometimes you hear those stories and it's like, I would get the jet and I would do this and I would party my, you know, that's not what I mean. I mean like your perfect every day. If you were able to wake up in the morning, where would you wake up? Who would be beside you? What time would it be? You know, what country would it be in? What would the view be like? You know, all those specific details with all of your senses. What would you do next? What would you do in the first hour or two when you wake up? Would you have some sort of special morning routine that fills your cup that makes you feel amazing and this slow start to the day without feeling rushed like you have some obligation to go to, some job to go to, or getting stuck in traffic or you know, reporting to someone else and going through this long list of tasks that are expected of you by the end of the day? What would the alternative be where you could just have a say, you could have a choice on every single detail of your day? Then, you know, what would you do for breakfast? Who would you eat it with? What would you eat? What would you do after breakfast? You know, how would the rest of your day go? Then what about lunch in the afternoon? How would the evening look? Just like the fisherman explained, right? He said, wake up early in the morning, go out to sea, catch a few fish, go back and play with his kids in the afternoon, take a nap with his wife. And in the evening comes, he joins his buddies in the village for a drink, play guitar, sing, dance. That's his perfect day. That's what he loves. That's what he wants to uh, enjoy his life and the time that he has in that specific way. And then the businessman came in and said, but you can do this and you can do this and you can get so big and you can do this just to ultimately go back to that exact same daily life, which is already his perfect day. So I'm insisting that you get clear. What does your perfect day look like? And is it a match from your day now? Or is there a big gap between the two? After we get clarity and we have this blank slate where we're able to reimagine what our life could be like, then I want to share with you what helped me make this switch. Because the part that I was getting to earlier about, yes, I want to be a realtor, just as an example, or I want to be a personal trainer, or I want to be a, a salesperson, or I, you know whatever it is that you enjoy doing. The thing that I have noticed that actually really prevents people from living the lifestyle of their real calling and dream is the business model that they choose inside of the cash flow quadrant. And the cash flow quadrant originally was created by a guy named Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and another book afterwards called The Cash Flow Quadrant. I highly recommend both of those books for you to pick up and read them if you haven't. 
And if you have read them, probably reread them again, because there's some really, really amazing, powerful life lessons in this book. And when I first discovered it myself, what ended up happening, there was a little bit of a disconnect for me between what he was sharing and talking about inside of the cash flow quadrant. And I created my own version of this inside of my presentations when I was initially building my business 10 years ago, face-to-face -face with people. And this specific part of my presentation is what made all of the light bulbs turn on for people. This is what made them realize that they were on a never-ending hamster wheel. They were going to be paycheck to paycheck. They're going to be hustling for the rest of time because they were in the wrong side of the quadrant. And so I'm going to break this down for you real fast. If you're a visual person and you like to follow along with a diagram and it helps you learn, then I recommend checking this episode out on my YouTube channel where I'm going to have the visual diagram built in to what I'm sharing, which I'm actually looking at right now while I'm going to be sharing this with you. So the Diamond Life Business Model Cash Flow Quadrant is something that should make you look things completely differently. And ultimately, the way the quadrant works is there's a left-hand side and a right-hand side. Now, on the left-hand side, in the top left corner, is where employees are, okay? And below that, in the bottom left-hand corner, is where self-employed people are. Or, in some cases, it could be salespeople or straight commission people or contractors or these types of people that are technically their own boss, but they're also limited in some ways, which we're going to talk about in a second. So the first question you need to find out and get clarity on is which corner of the cash flow quadrant are you currently operating within? Some people operate in multiple simultaneously, but a large percentage of the population is only in one portion of this quadrant at a time. And so employees, they're specifically trading time for money. Their whole entire paradigm, how they see their lives, how they see their bills, how they see their expenses, or anything that they purchase or anything that they want, any goals that they have, is based upon trading their time for a certain amount of money. And what's interesting about this too is that they're still often overspending because they don't have the frame of how many hours do I need to work in exchange for the money that is required for me to purchase this specific thing. It might be a new iPhone, it might be a holiday vacation, it might be a pair of shoes, a jacket, something for the children. There's still this level of disconnect where they don't truly understand that they're giving up a pretty significant amount of time in exchange for this thing that they may not even need, which is why a lot of employees are forced to be pretty frugal pretty lack and scarcity minded and focused because they're afraid of spending money because it takes so much of their energy to just get a little tiny, tiny bit of money, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks an hour. This tiny, tiny little bit of money makes them have to work so hard so many hours. And this is where 95% of the population is. They're either an employee or self-employed. But the part that really blew my mind around this is that they share 5% of all the money that is being earned. How insane is that? So 95% of the population is an employee trading time for money or they're self-employed where they're still trading time for money, but usually it's more money and also usually it's more of their time. 
if someone who works full-time as an employee is working 40 hours, maybe 50 hours a week, a self-employed person is working 60 to 80 hours a week because they're wearing all the hats. They're responsible for everything, the bookkeeping, the the payroll, the inventory, the sales, the marketing, the this, the that, and they literally do not have enough profit. They don't have enough revenue to be able to afford to actually build a, pe a team of people around them to support them with different aspects of the business. So a lot of the time, if you are a passionate chef, for example, you love food, right? And you work at a restaurant as a chef and you decide to go out on your own. You're like, you know what? I want to start my own restaurant. I want to become a restaurateur. What happens is that they go and start that business because they have a passion for cooking, because they, they love the culinary arts, they love food and all the things to do with being a chef. But when they start their own restaurant, they are now responsible for hiring, firing, bookkeeping, taxes, inventory, this, that, the other thing, opening the business, the customers, the complaints, the food is hot, the food is cold, it's too spicy, it has a hair in the food. They're dealing with all of the things that come with owning a restaurant and it's freaking full on. So you can imagine that they're actually being pulled away from what they love. They're being pulled away from their passion and they're stuck having to do all these things just to keep the restaurant from going out of business. So ultimately, what I have noticed is that people who have the courage to go from an employee into a self-employed business or a contractor, I commend them so much. I respect these people so much because they had the bravery, they had the courage to say, I've had enough of working for someone else. I want to work for me. I want to take these matters into my own hands. And they took that leap of faith. They took that step. And I respect that so much. And that's exactly what I did also. My family comes from the ENS quadrants. You know, my mom and dad, they were either an employee or they were self-employed or a contractor in, in different phases of our lives. But what's crazy is that when you become self-employed, it is almost impossible for you to break out of that in a normalized way that someone might expect to. And the reason for this is because all of their time is going towards their self-employed gig. You know, they're working 10, 12 hours a day, plus they got to sleep, plus they have other obligations, responsibilities. Maybe they have a spouse, maybe they have children, maybe they uh, go to the gym and work out or something like that. So they're just barely surviving. They're making some decent money and they're probably okay financially speaking, but they're exhausted, they're worn out, they're bur burnt out, they're constantly having to hustle and there's really no stopping. There is no holidays, there is no breaks. It's just go, 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 maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. And that's where I was when I was doing my door-to-door -door sales prior to starting with my direct sales online business. And I realized that there was this different degree of the so-called hamster wheel where the hamster wheel can actually get nicer you can upgrade the same way you can go from a basement suite to a condo, from a condo to a penthouse, from a penthouse to a nicer luxury penthouse. There's levels to it, right? But ultimately a hamster wheel at the end of the day is still going to be just a hamster wheel and you can't stop spinning it. All right. So I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't understand why some people are permanently stuck on the left-hand side of the quadrant and what is the key to getting on the other side, right? And the podcast is called Master Keys to Freedom. And this is another major 
master key to freedom is understanding the cash flow quadrant and then working your way to the right-hand side of it as quickly and as soon as possible. So on the right-hand side, you have the top right corner, which is for business owners, all right? And the difference between business owners and self-employed people is that they have people that work for them and they have duplicatable systems that are turnkey, that there doesn't need to be this constant back and forth. How do I do this? How do I do that? What about this? What, what about that? And so the system is what actually runs the business and you can plug people into it that can learn the system fairly quickly and just execute it. And those people are the employees that are trading their time for your money, but you're able to scale and generate way more profit, way more revenue and remove yourself from day-to-day -day operations, which essentially buys back your life. It buys back your freedom and your business operates, you own it, you pay everybody, you have different levels of executives or managers or technicians that are operating the business and you have a turnkey system. What ends up happening now is that you can scale your income to whatever goals you have, however big you desire, still get paid what you're worth, still live the lifestyle you choose and spend your days and your time however you wish. And from there, the next stage is the bottom right-hand corner, which is becoming an investor, taking your profits, taking your income that you're generating in your business and investing it into wealth creation long-term that, that, that ends up paying you passively uh, so eventually, even if something happened to your business or you chose to sell your business or whatever the case was, your passive income is greater than what you need for your lifestyle indefinitely. And it should also be growing in perpetuity because you're earning more interest than you're spending and you're never spending your principal that you're accumulating from the business. This is ultimately the way to win at the game of money. And then once you won the game of money, I believe life truly evolves into something that most human beings on this earth do not believe is possible. They don't believe it exists because they haven't been taught the key principles that I'm sharing with you right now so they can understand that they too can do it too. You can do it too. You just have to understand what is the difference and how do I get myself on the more freedom side of the quadrant, which is the right hand side. And now here's the part that really blew my mind when I first discovered this is that 5% of all the people in the world are on the right-hand side of the quadrant as a business owner and an investor, but they share 95% of all the money. So it is literally a mirror opposite from the left-hand side to the right-hand side. And so I thought about this. I thought about it. I couldn't sleep at night. It was driving me crazy. I was like, man, I need to get to the right-hand side so bad, but how do I do it? I'm just a normal, regular person. I don't have some crazy education. I don't have rich parents. I don't have rich friends. I just didn't know what was the bridge. What was the bridge that I needed to cross to get me from where I was to ultimately where I wanted to be? And I wasn't sure. So I studied this some more. And here's what I learned. In order to live the diamond life, you need to transition from the left side to the right side. And here is the magic. You can start part-time. You can start with one, two, three hours per day, which everybody can make the time to prioritize this. If they truly wanted it, they can do it. Because I've literally had experience now with coaching and mentoring thousands of people from all walks of life. They had different circumstances. They had different situations of 
lots of kids, no kids, old, young, you know, remote location, whatever the case may be. And they made a commitment. They prioritized this path from getting from the left-hand side of the quadrant to the right-hand side of the quadrant. And they started part-time. They made it happen. And all different times, sometimes it took six months, sometimes it took 12 months, sometimes it took three years, sometimes it took five years, but they didn't care and they stuck to it. And so here's what happened. This is the part that really blew my mind, all right, is I discovered that the people on the left-hand side of this quadrant, their mindset is also a mere opposite of the people on the right-hand side of the quadrant. And so here's what happens. The people on the left-hand side are negative, okay? If you're in a job right now or if you're self-employed and you work with other individuals, maybe uh, you hired a couple people or maybe you have some clients or whatever the case is, you'll notice that the majority of people, if not all of them across the board, have a negative mindset, all right? They're complainers, they're bitching, they're moaning, nothing's ever good enough. If it's a sunny day, they're complaining that, the rain was sticking around too long instead of enjoying the sunshine. They're pessimists. They're cynical. They always see everything as half full. And it's always the negative version of every single thing you could imagine talking about. And I know this because I was one of them at one point in my life. And I hung out with other people at my job who were just like that as well. And once I started to change my mindset, it was disgusting. Literally, I could not stand listening to the way people think and the way they speak and how fucking negative they were. It was driving me mental. It was like a disease, like a cancer that was festering in the energy all around me. And I had to get away from it. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And the next problem uh, with the people on the left-hand side is they're closed-minded. Nothing new gets into their minds, right? They have it all figured out. They think they understand the world. They think they understand the economy. They're so smart, lots of ego, lots of pride, and they won't even open up to new information that can make them have a new decision. The next thing of the people on the left-hand side of the quadrant is that they're always focusing on the problems in their life. They're basically a shit magnet. <laughs> they're a problem magnet. It's like, they always find a problem to every solution. If someone tries to help them, someone tries to come in with a solution, like for example, myself on this podcast, trying to help people see things from a new way. Someone with this type of mindset is going to come in, find a problem with what I'm saying. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to leave some kind of negative comment on my YouTube channel or on my Facebook post or my Instagram post, or they're going to talk some shit amongst themselves to their family and their friends about, oh, blodge this and blodge that. And can you believe that he said this? And he just finding problems with what I'm saying, right? After that, they're easily distracted. It's kind of like the shiny object syndrome, just chasing everything constantly like, oh, over here, oh, over that, oh, over this, over that. And it's interesting because what I noticed about the people on the left-hand side of the quadrant is they don't make much money. And so everything in life is always about the money. It's what they always think about and talk about. And they throw these little comments around like, oh, that could be a great business idea. And that could make a bunch of money. And money is constantly on their minds 24-7. And once you see this and once you pick up on this, you'll be walking around now and you'll see how everybody is kind of talking about these things. They listen to the wrong people. Once again, they have some friends that maybe they drink beers with and watch the game with or something like that. Uh, all of them are in a similar income bracket, which is not necessarily the issue. The issue is that they listen to these people on where they want to go, right? They might have this spark, this inspiration for a split second where they're like, you know what? 
Maybe I'm not really happy with my life. Maybe I'm not happy with what I do day to day. Maybe I want to make a change. And so they have this little bit of courage, this tiny little spark to share that with someone they love, someone they respect, one of their friends. And they kind of want to talk to them and get some, you know, approval. And they'll share it. And then the, their friend will say something like, oh, that's ridiculous. That will never work for you and whatever. And that's like the crab in the bucket mentality of, what, you think you're going to leave me? You think you're not going to watch Thursday night football and, and, and Monday night football with me anymore because you're going to go and do something new? It's like, no, I'm going to kill your dream. I'm going to shoot that down. So they listen to the wrong people, whether it's family, friends, their spouse, or coworkers or whatever, and they always get their ideas shot down and made to feel small, insignificant. And that's another major issue, right? They're always waiting. This is the next point. They're always waiting and they never take action. It's never the right time, right? Because it's winter or it's spring or it's summer or this holiday is coming up or I got to pay my taxes or it's this or constantly, constantly. It's never now. It's never now. It's always later. It's always the future. It's always after this. It's always after that. And then their whole life passes them by and it was still never right now. So sad. And finally, the biggest belief that they hold is that they have an I can't attitude and belief about life. So when you present them with any new concepts, their first reaction without even processing it is they're going to find a way to not do it. And they're going to say, I can't because I don't have time. I can't because I don't have the money. I can't because I'm not smart enough. I can't because I'm too old. A version of I can't fill in the blanks every single time. And so when I first basically brainstormed around this, years ago, I realized that that was me too. I was way more on the left-hand side of this mindset than I was on the right-hand side of the mindset. So I'm going to share the right-hand side of the mindset with you now. It's a mere opposite. Surprise, surprise. The people on the left are sharing 5% of all the money. The people on the right are sharing 95% of all the money and it's reverse, right? The mindset is also a mere reverse. And sometimes when I share this with people, they kind of have this reaction like, can't be that easy. It can't be so simple. And it really truly is. Obviously, there's more that goes into it. But on a basic fundamental level, it is the truth. Because people that think the exact opposite on certain criteria and topics around freedom and success and these kinds of principles, they get the opposite results. That does make sense if you really truly understand what I'm saying. So on the people on the right, instead of negative, they're positive. They look on the bright side. They're easygoing. They always see the silver lining in all the situations in their life. And they have a positive, uplifting spirit and energy. Even when life is kicking them right in the balls, even when the economy is tanking, even when things are difficult, they just have this way of being like, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And they have this positive lens that they can see situations through. And they're open-minded. You know, they're humble. They have the humility to go, I must not have it all figured out. You know, I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always improving. And I can learn from other people who have come before me that are smarter than me, more experienced than me, whatever the case might be. And they're open to hearing it out. And if it does add up and it does make sense and it does land for them, they go, you know what? That makes more sense than what I've been doing up until this point in my life. 
let me make a change. Let me make a shift. And from there, they get on focusing on solutions. And so this has become something that is very, very important to me is that I'm a human being and I experience problems just like you, but I'm always immediately putting it through a filter of what's best case scenario, what's worst case scenario, how, how can I solve this problem? How can I make sure it's a win-win-win? How can we make this happen as quickly as possible to move past it and move forward? And so we focus on solutions on the right-hand side. We stay focused on projects. We see things through. We, we have the commitment to finish a project or a goal and get to the place that we wanted to go. And that's so key, right? Because the great things in your life take the longest to accomplish. And when you want to build a thriving business or you want to create yourself the diamond life, it's going to take you years and years of consistency and focus in one thing. The next piece is they listen to people with results. Now, what I have learned about this over the years is that you want to have a council of people in your life in all these different categories and all these different aspects who have a track record of success and results in that particular area of life. It might be marriage. It might be health and fitness. It might be nutrition. It might be training. It might be business. It might be lifestyle, whatever it might be. And you want to have this council that you can go and, and bounce your ideas off of and make sure that they are uh, encouraging you with the information that they have applied themselves to get the results they have. And that's going to keep you in check from making massive mistakes in your life. The next piece is they're always taking action. They have a mentality of move fast and break shit. I'm not going to have all the answers all the time, but I'm still going to do it anyway to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to get some form of feedback. I mean, it's either going to work it's either going to work a little bit, it's going to either not work at all, but at least I'm going to have this context of doing the thing and then learning about how I can do it better. There's a lot of people out there who are addicted to personal help or personal growth books or listening to podcasts and audios, but they're just consuming. They're not taking action on what they're learning. And there needs to be a level of taking action, consuming, refining, taking action again learning something more that is specific to what maybe didn't work out and then taking action again. And there's this whole process around learning, taking action, reflecting and getting feedback, and then taking action again and never, ever, ever stopping that. And then the final piece here is a how can I attitude and belief. I may not have the money. I may not have the wisdom, the training, the skill, the knowledge, and all the things that you and I can both relate to about anything we've ever wanted in our lifetime is like, I don't know how. I can't afford it. I don't have the time. I'm busy. I got this going on. I got that going on. Yes, that's life for all of us. But when you pause and you truly ask yourself, do I want this? Is this going to solve a lot of my problems and get me in the direction of my dreams to build my diamond life, to live the way that I've always wanted to live? The question has to be, how can I make it happen? How can I get resourceful? Who do I need to ask? You know, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to eliminate? What do I need to get some help and support with? And when you, when you ask yourself the question, how can I, as opposed to I can't, which is an immediate dead end, the brain shuts down. When you say I can't, that's it, game over. But when you say, how can I, it's game on because you go, hmm, I could do this, I could do that. And you start brainstorming all these different possibilities and you get super creative. And when the desire 
to create whatever that is, is deep enough and it's strong enough, you will find a way, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sure you've heard that before. And so this completely changed my entire life because I first recognized that I was unhappy in the side of the quadrant that I was in. I was unhappy with the amount of time I was trading for the amount of money I was earning, even though it felt like a good amount of money. It was about a quarter million dollars a year back like 12 years ago, which was way more at the time than it is now when it comes to inflation and all that stuff. And I thought I made it. Financially speaking, it was a really good amount of income. I didn't want to have a super lavish lifestyle or any of that stuff, but I had such little time. I always felt like I was on this hamster wheel of got to show up, got to do the thing, got to go through the motions. And even though I enjoyed what I did, I didn't enjoy it in that way where it was forever and it was five days a week and it was Monday to Friday at the office. I only got some stat holidays off. Uh, every once in a while, I had a long weekend and I was supposed to travel during that long weekend. I was supposed to see my family during that long weekend. And that, you know, I was a pretty young guy when I had this epiphany of like, I can't see myself doing this for 20, 30, 40, 50 more years. Something's got to give. So that was initially my first thought is I started asking myself, how can I make a change? How can I make this shift? And that was the first piece. And then the second piece was recognizing that my mindset was the main problem. The way I saw the world, the way I approached my issues, the way that I thought and complained and I was a victim and I was negative and I was pessimistic and oh my God, it makes me grossed out to remember who I once used to be because that is the exact opposite of who I am now, but it's taken time. It's taken a lot of dedication, a lot of intentional learning and focus to transform this way of thinking into this new, empowering, better version of myself. And you can do the same thing too, all right? So I wanted to share that with you guys because I think it's just such a game changer of the basic bridge of taking you from wherever you are right now in your life, whatever you do for a living, whatever your income is, job, business, whatever, and actually recognizing, okay, if I want to reverse engineer my ultimate perfect every day, what does that look like? And do I need to make some shifts and adjustments to my mindset? And then also which part of the cash flow quadrant I'm operating within. All right. Now, there's a couple more quick pieces I want to touch on before I wrap up this episode. The next piece here is almost like an advanced next level of the cash flow quadrant, which I'm going to tie on to the here right now. And what it really comes down to is there's two aspects of our third dimension reality that we all live in, okay? And we call it 3D. And that is a combination between space and time. And so what we have to look at is on the space side of this, you have two options. You have non-mobile, which would include something like a job, being hands-on, laboring, tradesmen, small business. It is location dependent, okay? So you have to show up to an office, you have to show up to a job, you have to show up to something, and that's the only way that you can operate this particular type of income is a non-mobile active position, okay? Then there's also a non-mobile semi-passive position, which would be potentially like a business owner, franchise operator, or like a market stall. And a lot of today's society is still operating in a non-mobile active type of income 
where it is based on maybe not one specific office, but maybe it's dependent on the market that you're serving. So it might be like for realtors, for example, they might be serving a market where they can't really leave because they got to do the open houses and the showings and this and that, which is fine, but it is not a mobile type of business or income generation, okay? So this is what you want to do is like financial freedom is increased by shifting up on the space side of things and over to the right on the time aspect of the matrix. So the next level above non-mobile would be mobile. And mobile active is where most people need to get to in a part-time way initially to start. And this is an online job, working from home, online consulting, online freelancing, or like, for example, Forex trading, day trading, things like this. Okay, but it's still active. It requires you to put in a decent amount of time every single day. But then you can shift from mobile semi-passive. And this is where I encourage people to get to as quickly as possible which is having like a blog, a vlog, being a content creator on, on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, having an online company, affiliate marketing, especially high ticket, high profit affiliate marketing, which is what I specifically do and what I specifically teach people. Uh, and then you can have Forex swing trade, swing trading, which is like longer trading and stock swing trading, which is longer trading. And then from there, you want to take your mobile semi-passive income and turn it into true long-term residual income and then also be able to invest the difference of those profits into mobile passive income, which would be things like dividends, bonds, annuities, royalties, rental income, passive investments of all different varying degrees and business models. So once you wrap your mind around what I just shared, which I know was a lot and I'm coming at you kind of quickly as well, but this is the key. This is what no one has been taught in regular public education or from our parents if we're coming from lower middle class with parents who operated in the E or S quadrant. How would they know? They've never been taught. They don't understand it. They didn't go and do their own learning and education and personal development. And so we just don't know. And so we're in this career that we might love and we might enjoy. But if we're operating on the left-hand side of the quadrant in an E and S quadrant and simultaneously were in a non-mobile active role, man, your life is going to be 80% less enjoyable with less fulfillment, less happiness, less freedom than it actually could be if you made a few adjustments. All right. So that leads me to the final part of this episode, which is learning from those who are at the end of their life. You know, I think that there's so much wisdom in the elderly people. There's so much wisdom on people that have got to the end of their lives and they start to reflect on what if I would have done this when I was X years old, 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years old? What if I would have followed that passion or taken that risk or followed my dreams and not been stuck trying to make other people happy, right? And so the top regrets of people on their deathbeds are this. There's five major ones. The first one is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And I think this one is so, so, so deeply ingrained in most people is that at some point when they're younger, they're a kid, they want their parents' approval and they want to make them proud. They want to feel loved. They want to feel uh, good enough 
you know, and live up to this expectation in their point of view from the parents, especially is the major one. And so they follow along, follow along, and they don't have the courage to say, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I know that's what you love. I know that's what you want for me, but I actually want to go over here and do this thing over here. And most people live their whole lives without ever saying no. It was fun while it lasted when I was young. You know, maybe it was like a martial art. Maybe it was a sport. Maybe it was music. Maybe it was something, whatever it might've be. But then at a certain age, you're like 15 or 19 or 25. You're like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to do this. I'm giving myself permission to do what I want to do, what I want to pursue. And I'm going to go be the very best that I could be at that thing. You know, I would appreciate your love and support, but even if you don't give it to me, it's not going to stop me, right? That's the first one. Second one is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This is a perfect connection to the fisherman and businessman story that I started this episode with, which is like, what is the fucking point, right? What is the point ultimately for working so hard? Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to create? What are you trying to accomplish? What's the point of it all? Okay. And if the point of it all is just to work for the sake of working, because that's what everybody does and everybody has to work hard and everybody has to be busy. That's not actually the truth. The truth is that there's levels of hard, right? In my opinion, the hard that I want to avoid is the obligation of having to do stuff instead of choosing to do stuff. You know, uh, being stuck, having to say, I can't, I can't afford it. I don't have the time and whatever, which is an excuse so many people just accept to be normal because of the path that they have personally chosen. So ask yourself, why are you working so hard? Why are you working so many hours? Is there an ultimate vision and goal that you're going to create? Is it a temporary season of one, two, three, five, ten 10 years where you can create your diamond life, create that freedom for yourself? Because if so, amazing. That's what I did too. I knew I had to work hard. I knew I had to make sacrifices. I knew I had to put in the work, but I also allowed myself to break free and create financial freedom by the age of 30. And it only took me three, three and a half years to get to that point. So yes, that three years was very hard. And yes, I put in a lot of work, but it wasn't 40 years. It wasn't 50 years. It wasn't for the rest of my life. The next piece is number three, which is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. This is a major one, right? There's that quote that I always think of when I hear things around keeping your feelings inside, which is that most men are living quiet lives of desperation. And a lot of it has to do with people pleasing. It has to do with living up to someone else's standards or someone else's expectations and not being able to stand up and say, no, I need this in my life. I want this. This is what I desire. And if it's not going to work, then I got to make a change. And so wherever you are in your life right now, make sure you're fully expressing how you feel good and bad. If you love someone, let them know. If they mean the world to you, call them, text them, spend more time with them, 100%. But if something's off and you're not happy and you've tried your best to fix it, uh, maybe you're just not expressing your feelings and I encourage you to do so. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. This is a big one, man. At the end of the day, relationships are so important. We can get caught up in the busyness of life, of kids, of this and that, but you want to stay in touch with your friends, right? You want to check in on them, see how they're doing, see how you can be helpful and return it. It has to be a two-way street, right? One of the things that I've always 
had a challenge with in my life is I feel as if it's a one-way street. I feel like I want to be closer with people and then they just want something from me when they need something. And it's been a a personal challenge of mine that I've been trying to understand more about myself to get better in this way. But uh, it's a tough one. I think that personal relationships is one of the the major pieces of the puzzle that is so difficult for a lot of people to really truly master and and feel authentic and and loved and close with their circle of friends and their family, which is something we need to work on, right? But presence and time spent together is obviously a major important piece of enriching those relationships and having a closer bond and connection with people that is more so than just surface level. And then the final one of regrets of people on their deathbed is number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. And this one is so deep, right? Because ultimately everything we're doing in our lives is for a feeling that we want to experience. When you want to have a big home or a nice car or go on a trip, you don't really want those materialistic things necessarily. A lot of people don't even understand this. What you want is the feeling that it comes with, right? Like for example, for myself, I drive my dream car. It's not the car necessarily that means a lot to me. It's how I feel when I drive the car. You know, I, I hear the, the power under the hood, the roar of the engine, the speed, the handling, the luxury, the massage seats, the music and the bass and the state-of-the-art sound system. It's how I feel. I feel incredible. I feel powerful. I feel amazing. I feel accomplished. All these feelings are what really we're after when we invest in those things, right? The feeling of overcoming our adversities or challenges and making it happen despite all the things that were stacked against us, that feeling is what we really truly want, right? So when we think about happiness, how many of us are delaying our happiness for something in the future that once we get there, once we achieve this, once we accomplish that, then I will be happy. The key, in my opinion, is to feel happy now while also striving to become a better version of yourself, overcoming some of the hurdles and challenges in your life, and having that purpose to continue to grow. Because I believe our purpose here is growth and then contribution to help other people accomplish their vision, accomplish their goals, which leads to fulfillment, right? And that is true for our intimate relationships, our parenting and our children, and also our careers and our pass in terms of business and whatnot. So this has been a lot and I'm going to leave you with this final little piece here. So the question I have for you is, are you going the best way to live your life to the fullest? Are you choosing the best path to live your life to the fullest, to create your diamond life? Or is it time to pause, reflect, and reconsider that there may be some better options especially something you can start part-time, which was the key for me. I had a full-time job. I was very busy. I didn't have children at the time, but I was still super busy when I decided to start making the shift from the S quadrant over to the B quadrant. And it took me about a year to do that, which was extra hard because I was juggling both things. But because I was able to do a part-time on my own schedule, fit it into different areas where I had a little bit extra availability, I was able to build the bridge from where I was to ultimately where I wanted to go. And I'm so grateful that I did because for the last almost 10 years, I've lived life on my terms. I've been financially free. I've been able to travel and 
have 100% control of my time and schedule. And I can't even imagine going back to the way I once used to live. I would literally be depressed and miserable because I have had this experience on the other side, which is just the way I feel all of us should be living every single day. We should all be living a version of our own diamond lives. And that's what I also wish for you. So have a think on this. And next week, we will be exploring and breaking down the option that I have created and leveraged myself, and I call it the Diamond Life Business Model. And you definitely do not want to miss that episode. And I hope that you share this episode with your friends who maybe are stuck in the wrong side of the cash flow quadrant. And what I mean by wrong side is just not the side they want or need to be on to create that fisherman dream retirement perfect every day that they ultimately want to have with their family, with their spouse or whatever it may be. And so it's time to make that adjustment. It's time to make that pivot so they can literally get there now instead of hoping and wishing that they'll be able to buy that time in the future. And as we know, tomorrow isn't promised and it could literally be taken from us at any moment. So I'll see you next week. You don't want to miss the next episode of the Diamond Life Business Model. Share this with your friends. Tag us on our official account at the Diamond Life Mentor and my personal account at Blage W. Cardos. And let's make this be the best episode so far that just goes completely viral. I need your help to make that happen. I love you so much. I'll see you next week on the next episode. Take care, my friends. I hope you found something useful here to help you unlock more freedom in your life. We're just getting started. So if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want me to have on the podcast, shoot me a message at the Diamond Life Mentor on Instagram and let me know. You can discover incredibly helpful resources and more ways to build your diamond life now at my website, blogwcardos.com. At the end of the day, this is all about bettering yourself and helping others. So if you think you can help someone else by sharing this podcast, that would be the ultimate win for me. And of course, subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening.